Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. In this show, we hope to bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened and what works for them. The planet, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way. Things are changing from a third or fourth dimensional world to something different, and we're expanding our world from duality to a world where we are back to all one. And we're interested in new ways to create within ourselves, with others, and with our world. We've noticed that we can connect with spirit faster, move energy around quicker, and time is speeding up. The way we use energy is changing, carrying new vibrations, and the way we interpret the world around us is expanding, and we're asking different questions of ourselves and our world. The way we define love is getting bigger, and there's always bigger, brighter waves to surf. So let's ride the waves of our new ascension, psychic, or spiritual spaces together, and we're going to share our stories. And my guest today is Blossom Benedict. She's a singer, actress, and international voice coach, and an access facilitator. And you've heard Blossom Benedict on the show before. You can find out more at BlossomBenedict.com. And Blossom, welcome. Thanks. Always fun to talk to you. I know. It's just this uh, amazing space of expansiveness. And uh, I wanted to talk to you today about the class coming up in New York that you're doing. Something about changing your life. Yes. Um, this class is called Five Days to Change Your Life. But it's really, I know you've talked to listeners a little bit about some of the tools of access consciousness. Um, it, for me, was this platform. The first time I took this course, it was like all these tools that I really, really wish somebody had given me like when I was born or at least when I went to high school, right? Yeah, um, me too. So it is, I only get the chance to teach this usually about once a year. And this year happens to be in New York, which is my favorite city on the planet. Um, and it really just is such a gift. It's a couple hundred pages of manuals and really working through all of the like, where do you stick yourself? Where do you stop yourself? And what if there are some really pretty simple ways of getting out of it, clearing the energy, um, you know, clearing the old beliefs and ways of going about things and and having and creating what you really desire? I mean, it seems with the access tools that kind of integrate with each other. It's, it's not like you have to use them in a certain order. It's like you put them in a blender and this other thing comes out. And I'd love to hear your, your thoughts about that. Yeah. Well, just for me, I mean, if if you can't master one in any given moment, there's another one, you know, so all of the tools are about getting you to greater awareness, um, because from awareness, you actually can create anything. Um, but, you know, there's lots of ways to get to awareness. You could clear old points of view you have. You could, um, you know, get into allowance. You could be more in the moment. You could, like, there there really are hundreds of different ways to go about it. And, um, you know, it's funny. I ran into a friend recently who's been following some of my stuff and just sort of really on the periphery watching Access. And she finally was like, what? what is this stuff? Because your life keeps changing so quickly. So we had a little chat about it and she just found a bars class in her area, which is the very first tool you learn in access, like the first one day class. She hasn't stopped like Skyping me, Facebook messaging me. She's like, this stuff is amazing. She had been to like healer school and tried years and years. She's tried everything with like a three letter acronym, you know, EFT and tapping <laughs> and all of the, she's like, it's just fast. And I think that's a big thing with access is like, yes, 
you know, there are tons of ways to get where you're going. And then also they, they, they work, you know, and I hate to sound surprised, but I think we've all tried lots of things that don't really work. And so at least for me, they work. And that's why I keep playing in them. And I think that's a refreshing thing when you find something that's not, it's not significant. It's not highly spiritual. It doesn't exclude anything else you're doing in your life, but it's like, here's a bunch of stuff that just really can work, can make your life easier. Yeah. Just the idea of being able to ask questions and get yourself out of wrongness has been a huge, huge thing for me. And um, for folks out there that have heard us talk before, there's a piece of access where you're always invited to ask a question. And just in doing that, it opens up other possibilities. And that's something I haven't been, I guess, encouraged to do. Yeah, it's such a strange thing. And I've done, like you say, I've done all sorts of different modalities and gosh you know the other thing is um I know that I I always asked questions to a degree because you know it's one of the things you can say a statement or a question and and with a question mark but I didn't really know what questions were I think for a long time meaning anything you can answer before you ask it not a question right (laughs) Right. Um, It's a conclusion. And that's the conclusion part. It's a huge revelation. Yeah. And and I didn't realize that because I for most of my life, you know, you want to get the right answer to your question. So I was asking lots of questions that I knew the answer to because I would ask the question, then I would solve the problem and I would look good. Um, But that really just excludes the magic of the energy of a question of wonder of curiosity where things start to work out in a different way. So I was really grateful for the really open-ended questions of access that were things like, hey, what else is possible here? You know, just inviting the universe to show you what that is. What else? Oh, you want to know what else is possible? There's this and this and this and this and this. Or, you know, how does it get better than that is another just really simple access question. But I use it in everything. When something goes great, how how does it get better? Like universe, make it even better. And when something's crappy, okay, how does it get better? Like show me, give me something here. So so I sort of had to retrain myself to ask questions that were truly questions. I think I had some issues or some conclusions around that when a good thing happens to you, it's like not sustainable. Mm. And, and I think being able to have a good moment somewhere. Just something simple like finding a parking space in the middle of San Francisco, Mm -hmm. right in front of wherever you need to go. But it's funny because it's like, I do like walking around the city. So who cares where I park? Really? But, you know, there's just so many different ways to look at that. So you get your parking space and then you can just keep asking, how does it get any better than that? And then, you know, something else happens or you run into an old friend or you find some other opportunity you never noticed before so it's like a sustain a sustaining sort of energy and it's all within us just that I think so many of the things I've done my god EFT and Reiki and (laughs) oh god all the healing stuff and oh my god I was thinking about tarot cards the other day you know I haven't turned one over in a really long time Mm -hmm. I just don't feel like it but like I think so many of the sort of new age or light worker community or whatever that's called, we'd like to go from A to B and we'd like to bring our magic with us along the way. And for some reason, we haven't been able to get there, have it be sustainable and enjoyable. Yeah. And, you know? and one of the things, 
and access we talk a lot about is just this idea that your point of view creates your reality. Yeah. So whatever those points of view you're bringing with you, I mean, what one thing I love is this work questions everything. And when I mean everything, I mean something simple like it's hard to find parking in San Francisco. You know, when I lived in San Francisco, it's funny you use that as an example. I never had the point of view it was hard to find parking. I always had the point of view that I always found miracle parking spots. And I had friends that were literally, they called it my parking angel. They were like, (laughs) who is your parking angel? Everywhere we went, I would have a fabulous spot in front of where I went. And it was a great example to me of how your point of view creates your reality. Just knowing that for me actually made it be true. Whereas I have friends that thought, oh my gosh, it's so hard to park here. And they proved that true over and over and over. And it's not just about like changing your mindset or saying a mantra. It's like, what is your actual deep seated point of view? You know, that healing takes time or that you're never going to fix this problem or that you're always going to have difficulty with money. Like whatever those deep seated, just things that are just true and real, they're facts to you. They will be true and real. And that's how we create really all the limitations and the good things, but really everything that shows up in our life. Yeah, I do want to point folks out to a YouTube that you did recently about creating money. And there was magic in there, too, I think. (laughs) Yeah, that was a wild video because it has been going crazy. Um, It's the first video I've ever done where I just, it's not a QA, and a it's not promoting any event. It's literally going, all right, money was an an area of my life that was really tricky for me forever. I grew up on a commune with very little money, welfare kid, just all of these insane, intense points of view around money. And so these are the tools. This is an hour long thing I did just going, here's every tool I have, every question I have. It's an hour worth of just stuff to play with to really change your points of view about money and have a little more ease there. Um, Because I know it's such a contracting topic for so many people. And something that, I mean, I, I travel the world, I get to fly, you know, first class when I go places, I really, it's funny to talk about now, because there really just is a lot of ease in my life there. And um, yeah, so that was fun. And those are my best my my little it's, best tools. Yeah. And like, it's just like the parking. It's like money's not, it's just sort of not a big deal. Yeah. Of course you have this. Of course you fly around the earth with no problem. Of course. It, it becomes like a, something that's a part of you instead of something separate. And I mean, I think all of us have the areas that are easy for us, but to let that ease sort of go into other areas of our lives, I don't think that's been taught before. Yeah, and that's such a great thing you just said, because wherever you have ease, you are probably using more of the tools of consciousness than in other areas of your life. So what I mean by that is, if you have ease, you know, in your relationship with your kids, my guess is that you ask a lot more questions when it comes to your kids. You have fewer conclusions or you have the point of view that, you know, it's it's easy to have kids. So if there's any area of your life that's actually working, sometimes I just ask, okay, so what do I be and do here 
that I don't be or do in this other area. You know, money was one of the last things to become easy for me just because I had so many stuck points of view and conclusions. But like creating was really easy for me. It was like fun and joyful to bring a new thing into the world. So I was like, okay, what do I do and be with creation that I'm not being with money? And I was being, you know, out of conclusion. I was being joyful and playful. I was um, functioning from the kingdom of we, including all these other people in my ideas. Uh, you know, there's all these things. So there is somewhere, I guarantee if you're listening to this, there is somewhere in your life that you already function from more consciousness than other areas. And like, where, what is that? Where do you be that naturally? And then just, you know, what would it take to, to be that in, in other areas of your life that really are not as easy for you at the moment? I, I do have some sort of magical parts of, gosh, I don't know, my thought processes. I don't even know what to call it anymore. Um, having to do with money, but it has to do with the numbers themselves. So um, I had always, uh, let's say, gravitated towards the number eight or two or three, but it wouldn't be a consistent, like for the last 10 years, I only want to deal with the number eight. It, it would, it's like a, to me behind the energy behind money for me, um, has to do with the numbers and which numbers I like at the time. And it's kind of a funny perspective. And I actually never knew about the Fibonacci sequence. I like heard about it. I thought like the the name Fibonacci had something to do with some musical composer, uh-huh. which he which he might have been, but he was really a mathematician. But anyway, or architect or one of those uh-huh. Leonardo da Vinci guys. So anyway, he figured out this sort of uh, algorithm in nature um, that corresponds to uh, kind of this little diagram and people can use it in architecture and there's certain places where you can walk into and you feel at ease. And most of the churches in Europe have this same sort of Fibonacci sequence that's echoed through the whole building. And so there are different ways to sort of experience numbers, even though they happen to be a thing like a big giant church or whatever. So, or a museum or some other big building. And so I always noticed where I felt really at ease in certain buildings and stuff. So anyway, um, in the course of my life, I've had to do a lot of different financial things in other workspaces, not in the psychic realm. And I just noticed that for me, the magic kept sort of bleeding through when it came to looking at numbers. Mm -hmm. So if I was working on a budget or whatever, I'd pick the number I liked. So if the number was like, I don't know, a million seven hundred and forty-four thousand three twenty-three. Um, I don't know if I like that number so much. I think I want it to be three eighty-eight. So I, I don't even know where it would come from. I just there would just might be some number I like better, um, and it didn't really matter if the number was getting bigger or smaller. And it has something to do with the Fibonacci number. So I finally took a look, you know, Wikipedia and looked all over the internet, like the Fibonacci numbers, it's all out there. And if I was picking those particular numbers that are in this Fibonacci sequence, it happens to be something that's more amenable to the human body. So it would be like walking into a building or a church where you felt really good. Hmm. So it just occurred to me like, oh my gosh, I want to feel like that about money. So why wouldn't I use numbers that would make me feel good? So I never really told anyone about this Uh because it just seemed like so silly. And 
uh, childlike. And yet at the same time, it was making me feel good. So I think part of what access has taught me is that that wrongness that I would rather believe instead of my own magic, that in itself has been a miracle. Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny. We often judge these things that are our greatest capacities, talents, abilities, or the difference of us. Because you see how you're different than other people. And we go, oh, I have to hide that. Or that must be wrong somewhere because people aren't validating it. They're not talking about it. What if the very thing that you think is most wrong about you, most strange, most judgeable, is actually your greatest strongness, your greatest capacity, the difference that could make you money, that could give you the ease that you desire in, in any area with creativity, with anything. Um, so that's been a huge gift for me as I start to get out of the judgment of me for the things I've been trying to hide and just go, yep, that's me. You know, warts and all people go, oh my gosh, you do that too. Or you have that secret. Like I keep finding the things I've been judging are the things that end up being the most inspiring to people. Yeah, I know. Um, a couple of weeks ago you had um, 30 days of creation on on Facebook I forget what you called uh -huh. it actually but um because I created my way every day so I can't actually remember 30 days ago so what I what was amazing to me on this sort of Facebook exercise where you're supposed to be posting your creations of the day or whatever um and getting inspiration from others is how much we were all afraid to share ourselves yeah and that's the thing. People aren't afraid to create. I mean, you create all the time. Everybody listening creates all day long. And if you don't believe yeah. me, um, you do create. You just either create things you like and share and are helping you or you create sort of crap, right? <laughs> but, yeah. but we all create all the time. And it was, it was, it's this hesitancy to the, though to actually share. Um, you know, and there's tons of stuff around that. And, you know, I do entire three day workshops called Right Voice for You that are basically get out of your own way and let people see you, you know, walk as though you have something to say, show up as though you're the valuable product you are. Um, you know, so there's tons of stuff that gets in the way here. For some people, it's wanting it to be perfect. Um, for some people, it's wanting to make sure that whatever they do, they're going to get positive judgments for, you know, that people are going to say, oh, that's great. Thanks for sharing. Um, and they're not going to have the negative judgments like I don't really know what that is or like, you know, you may want to work yeah. with that more. Um, but then there's this other weird layer, which is people's avoidance of actually success and doing well. You know, there's this whole weird sabotage thing people do where they they go no I've believed this about myself all the time my whole life that I'm not creative or I'm not an artist or I don't have good ideas and when you find out that's not true like I think so many people are just as afraid of showing up as being brilliant as they are of being rejected it's so very interesting yeah it's almost worse <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah and because we it is we worse Back for to fail, yeah. there's an expectation or something that we've gotten like a, a groove nailed down of what to do or what's going to happen if this doesn't work out. If XYZ that I'm working on doesn't work out, I, I have my backup plan or I can just uh, deal with the failure in a certain way. Or It's like we have 
we've amassed all these tools in that area of not being successful. And yet we just want to feel joy at the end of most of our days or happy or, or something more on the positive scale. And yet just being uh, worried about being happy and what other people are going to think about you being happy yeah. like that. That's I've just noticed how much I like, I just turn it off. Well, I just sort of act like everybody else so they won't notice that I'm happy. Well, and that's the weirdest <laughs> thing that you've just said, but I see that everywhere. Um, being unhappy is really comfortable for people. When you are happy and successful is when you start receiving judgment. Um, and and I think, you know, in Australia, they call that the tall poppy syndrome. Like, no poppy is supposed to be taller than the others. You just get cut off. And yeah. I was teaching a class in Costa Rica recently, and we were talking about making videos. And people were talking about their, like, paralysis of just posting videos to YouTube. Um, and many of these people, though, they have amazing messages to share. They should be out in the world being seen. But they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't put a terrible video up. Um, and you know what? When you first start t making videos, there's a good chance they, they might be terrible. Like, that's a very real possibility. If you're willing to just, like, do it anyway and not know anything about lighting or sound or – but here's the thing. You know, we have this sense that, oh, my gosh, I'm going to put this terrible video up and then millions of people are going to watch it and just laugh at me and throw popcorn at the screen and I'll be humiliated <laughs> and I'm going to have to hide in a rabbit hole for the rest of my life. But terrible videos, nobody watches them. That's what happens to terrible videos. And so then you go, oh, wow, okay, so what, what else could I do different to have more than two people watch this? And then you make one and it's not quite as terrible because maybe you're, the sun is in your face instead of behind you. And then you get more information and then you create something else. It's like this myth that yeah. we'll receive all this judgment for playing small or, or making bad things. It's not really true. When you'll start receiving judgment is the opposite. Once you start making videos that are, are good, that people are watching, that maybe challenge things people believe, um, that show you as potent and showing up in the world, that's when you're going to start seeing negative comments and having to deal with judgment. Um, the judgment really comes when you get out of your own way and start playing bigger. I, I noticed that the bigger piece internally feels better. Yeah. Well, because, well, so does it match who you know that you are? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, all right, you can hide your whole life. You can pretend that your life is hard and that you just have to make things work and that this is your lot in life. Um, and that never feels expansive because it's not true. But when you play bigger, it's not to compete with other people. When you compete with yourself, when you go, hey, what else am I capable of? What else can I be? What else can I choose? What else can I create? It does feel better. It feels way better because it matches the truth of who you actually know you are, which is not small. It's not pathetic. It's actually this massive, infinite being with total choice and possibility. And that's why I get so excited about these tools because you are, we all are, infinite beings marching around on the planet. And what I mean by that is you have the ability to perceive everything, to know everything, to receive everything, and to choose to be everything. And instead, we act so finite. We act like we 
are constricted yeah. by our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, our problems, our decisions, our conclusions. And for me, this, this work, it just sort of like shook me and, and reminded me of who I truly am. And, you know, when I was functioning from, I can't pay my rent, that is not how an infinite being functions. Like an infinite being wouldn't have access to joy and decadence and liveliness and abundance for what reason? And, you know, like where in your life of anyone listening, are you sort of acting like that more pathetic, finite being? And it's just not it's just not who you are. And you know what? We don't do pathetic very well either. It's not a skill. <laughs> I think, you know, I think I did it pretty well. I have to say, oh, it's I not think... the pathetic Olympics. <laughs> Yeah, we'll definitely excel. You're not going to get a gold medal for that. And and it's funny because we're a little competitive in the pathetic arena, right. you know? I can have a sadder, suckier life than you. Yeah. Yep. And it doesn't, it doesn't serve anyone. No. You know, to vibrate like that. And yet I probably did it yesterday, but <laughs> <laughs> for like, 10 minutes. The good news about access is that you can catch yourself, change the energy and move on. And it's very easy and fast. And it's, it's been an amazing sort of awakening for me of just where ease can just sort of flow into my life. That is so cool. And you've created, um, I know you've had some magical things show up actually with your, with your show and just people finding it out of the blue. Um, I can't imagine you've used any of these tools or ideas to actually connect more and more people around the world, have you? Yes, I have. <laughs> so I can tell folks out there, working with some of the access tools, I took a bars class and I started taking a lot of the classes online, I guess since 2012. And I just noticed that the more I asked questions and the more I don't even touch my SoundCloud recordings and unless I'm in the mood like when I feel like I'm in SoundCloud mode then I do my editing or I'm doing a music track behind it or that whatever the interview is that I'm going to uh, get going or reach out to someone for an interview I only do it when I feel that vibe I don't force myself mm -hmm. and that's not that's so different for me how, I mean, I feel like I've been squeezing myself into all sorts of situations for so long. And like, this is the one space where I'm, I just didn't start doing it that way. It was just sort of like an experiment to see if I could uh, even work with sort of the SoundCloud platform and, and does it make sense or whatever. But as I started doing the access tools, I just kept asking, like, who else can I connect with? And that's really all I asked. I mean, I can ask other questions, you know, today, yeah. like what else can this develop into? But some of the SoundCloud folks, I guess, had heard the broadcast and uh, put me on a list of who to follow. And I didn't know this for months. The only thing different was that I had done the Access uh, Foundation uh, and Level 1 classes, and I had done the 2 and 3s. And But I did see the numbers like, spike exponentially and I had no reason for it and I actually had to ask somebody at SoundCloud if there was something wrong and if I had a virus on my account which I felt really silly and I was so grateful but I just was like maybe there's something wrong with me so anyway it was just sort of another 
uh, moment where you realize, oh, there's nothing wrong. And, and how does it get better than that? And what else? And what else? And what else? And what else? I'll have more of that. And I did, I have said that. I'll have more of that. Yeah. Oh, I like that number. I have, I'll have more of that. And I have played with the numbers um, on SoundCloud. Oh, funny that you mentioned that's the talent and ability you have. <laughs> and they go yeah. up and up. Um, hey, Christy, are you cool if I share my YouTube channel with people? Absolutely. Just because we've been talking so much about the tools, um, a little bit theoretically, and just if you would like to have your hands on them and sort of chomp into them, um, I do have a YouTube channel, and it's just youtube.com forward slash Blossom Benedict. Blossom like the flower, Benedict like Arnold or eggs. Um, and this Last Google Hangout I did, a little more ease, please, clearing to create ease with money. Um, you can find that. It's just over an hour, as I mentioned. And it will walk you through, hey, how do you clear a limitation? How do you clear a point of view? What questions are beneficial? What questions may be hurting you? Why you maybe don't want to use mantras? Um, it really, there's a PDF that accompanies it where you can print out the different clearings. Um, but I really, I really wanted to have a space where we weren't talking about the tools on a theoretical level. We're actually getting them into your hands and saying, hey, try this, play with this. If it creates something different for you, awesome. Um, if not, who cares? How does it get better? You know, keep looking for what works for you. Um, but the first tool I was ever gifted in access was just really what is true is light for you and what is heavy for you is actually a lie. And so I just keep and kept gravitating towards things that, that created a lightness in my being, whether or not they made sense, whether or not I understood what they were talking about. And, um, so if there's anything in what, in the conversation we're having that sort of lights something up in you or makes you curious or has a lightness to it, um, I invite you to just sort of check that out. And I know this show, Christie's show has, continues to have tons of those tools. Um, but I just wanted to give you that resource. Yeah. And then later in September, there's the class in New York. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that's a big, that's a big, if you are ready to dive in, this is September 26th to 30th. Um, and you can get info about that class at blossombenedict.com forward slash five days NYC. And I can think of nothing greater. If you really are just ready to dive in and have a new platform to sort of create your life on, and um, this is the work that really blew it open for me. And, and I, you know, years, I, almost eight years later now from when I took my first Foundation One class, it is such an honor to just give this work back. Um, and if that's really soon, the, the sort of last thing that I'll, I want to mention is that then in October, um, 10th through 12th, I have a, a two and a half day right voice for you intensive. And again, that's really about getting out of your own way and um, showing up, showing up in front of an audience in public. And that's also live streamed. So if you can't travel or don't want to travel, you can actually watch it on your computer or TV, join the class from home. Um, and yeah, all that. You can yeah. find out more on my site. So we're all right. <laughs> yeah, but it's just how do we get how do we get more tools for ease into people's hands in any area they they desire? And that's really my big question. I'm so glad you were surfing the psychic waves with us today. This is great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. We'll surf again soon. Sounds good. All right. Bye for now.